Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to go back to verse number 18. And this is what I will be teaching on this morning. I want to read this verse one more time. It says, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, say this with me, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with with the Holy Spirit. This is what I want to talk about this morning. And I want you to pray with me today that, that God would speak to our hearts and give us fresh eyes and fresh ears to hear and to see the exact things that He wants to teach us this morning. Father, I just come to You today and we're so thankful for this day that You've blessed us with. We're thankful for an opportunity that we had to get out of bed this morning and to, to just breathe air into our lungs, Father. And we just, as we sang about it a while ago, Lord, it's Your breath that's in our lungs. God, You're the one that gives us life and we thank You for that. And we ask today, Lord, that as we go into the Word of God, that You would cause Your Word to penetrate our hearts and to give us new understanding. Lord, I pray that if we're approaching this message and this teaching with preconceived ideas that are false, Lord, that You would strip those away and help us to see clearly, maybe for the first time, God, the purpose and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, I pray that today that You would anoint my lips and my heart, God, to speak only the things that You would want spoken to Your people. And I pray, God, that You would just speak clearly to us, give us revelation so that we can live lives of freedom, so that we can experience the hope that's inside of us. And we thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now right out of the gate, I want to clarify something this morning. When I talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I am not talking about the indwelling or the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you receive at salvation. Okay, I'm talking about us allowing the Holy Spirit to consume our lives. There is a big difference. And, 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 if, and if you're a little slow catching up here, if you've missed the last few weeks, you're uh, you need to go online and watch those because last week I talked about what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the baptism, or the Holy Spirit fell and they all begin to speak in tongues or other languages is what the word is and, and, and they do incredible things and 3,000 people were saved. So we know that, that is, uh, the Holy Spirit has given us power to do miracles, to be confident, to be bold, to witness, to draw people to Christ. And today we're talking about this, this filling Filling, not feeling, but filling of the Holy Spirit to where we're endued with this power constantly to have boldness and victory and, and, and courage to do the things that the Lord has called us to do. All of us, and let me, let me make this, this known to everyone, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has come into your life and sealed you. He lives inside of you. Matter of fact, it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that you, everybody say you. You, the believers, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit lives inside of you. So if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit 
lives in you. Matter of fact, here's another verse. Romans 8.16 says this, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In other words, that's how God identifies us. He says, that's my child. They have my spirit. His spirit joins with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. So all of us who've put our faith in Jesus Christ have the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So don't think this morning when I'm teaching on filling of the Holy Spirit that, well, does, do, do, do I have this? Or, or I, thought, you know, I thought I had this as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ. You do have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. However, we still have dead bodies which are influenced by sin. Amen. We still have bodies that are prone to live selfishly. Yes, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but the choice is up to me as to whether or not I use this body to glorify God. Are, are you following me? So we all have the Holy Spirit as believers, but because this body is prone to sin and wants to give in to the desires of the flesh, we have to let the Holy Spirit continuously fill us to the point to where He's controlling our lives. So this is what I am speaking on. This morning, the Bible tells me that I can quench the Spirit. The Bible teaches me that I can grieve the Spirit by clinging to bitterness and wrath and anger. In other words, even though the Holy Spirit lives in us, He's not always in control of our lives. His presence is in our lives, but His control of our lives is different than just His abiding presence in our lives. Are y'all following me so far? That's why the Apostle Paul says that we have to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, to stay full of or be filled with the Holy Spirit. But what does that look like? And how do we do it? Well, one more time, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. The Apostle Paul says, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I find it very interesting that the Apostle Paul compares being drunk with wine with being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know you guys are going to shut me down right now and you're going to pretend like you have never been drunk in your life. And that's okay. Uh, you, you know, liars have their place in the lake of fire. But he talks about the effect. He, actually, he's comparing the effect of being drunk with wine with the effect of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he's not talking about the results or the behaviors. He's not saying that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to act like someone who's drunk. He's not talking about that. He's talking about that the, the effect that wine has, being drunk with wine has on the body. He says that's like the effect that the Holy Spirit's going to have on you. In other words, the effect is the influence. To be drunk means, there's another word for that, it means to be intoxicated or under the influence. And this is what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He says, just like you can be under the influence of alcohol, you can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, I don't, I don't want you to be drunk with wine, I don't want you to be under the influence of, of alcohol, but I want you to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because when you're under the influence of alcohol, you do weird things that you normally wouldn't do. 
I mean, you're, just, you're intoxicated. It affects your speech. It affects your thoughts. It affects your actions. You behave differently. <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong crowd this morning. But some, of, some people can relate. But, but over here, if you're, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He will affect your speech. He will affect your thoughts. He will affect your actions. You will behave differently when you're letting the Holy Spirit control your life. So that's the comparison that the Apostle Paul is using there. He says, don't be drunk with wine. That's going to ruin your life. But rather be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Let Him control your life. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper into this analogy to bring this point home. How do you get drunk with wine? You, you don't just... That's all right. You don't just buy a bottle and set it on your counter. Right? Come on, I know you, some of you, you're acting like you're all holy. <laughs> you get drunk with wine by drinking it. And actually, if you're going to get drunk with wine, you've got to drink a lot of it. That's what Audra's told me. I'm not sure. <laughs> but you drink it. You, you drink it in. You drink a lot of it. And if you want to stay drunk with wine, you have to do what? You have to keep drinking it. You don't just drink you know, a certain amount one time and you're drunk for the rest of your life. You sober up. You've got to drink again if you want to get drunk. I'm trying to set this point up. It's not a one-time thing. You get drunk, you sober up, you drink more to get drunk so you can be back under the influence of alcohol. This comparison with the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. How do you get drunk in the Holy Spirit? How do you get under the influence of the Holy Spirit? You've got to drink Him in. And it's not a one-time thing. You don't get filled with the Holy Spirit and then you're filled for the rest of your life. There's an ongoing filling because we... we, we we, we spend that energy, if you will. If we're effectively doing the work of God, we're going to exhaust the Spirit of God. So we have to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can be effective in the work that God has called us to do. It's this filling of the Holy Spirit that enables us to have power. And this is why I feel that God has me in this teaching for the last few weeks. And we may even talk more about it in the, in the, in the coming weeks. But, but we have a church today, not just this church, but we have a church that doesn't have any power. It's like the Apostle Paul writes in, I believe it's in 1 Thessalonians. It's, it's somewhere back towards the end of the book. He's talking about that, that in the last days that, that, that people have a form of godliness, but there's no, going to be no power. I mean, they're, they're religious. They're going to church. They're, you know, they're singing the songs. They're, they're giving of the, in the offering. But, but there's no power. Their marriages are still a mess. They're still addicted to bondage and still enslaved to pornography and alcohol and, and drugs. And there's no difference between them and, and a worldly person. There's no power. And it's not that our, our God is, is dead and He's quit operating in people's lives. It's because we don't understand what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And therefore we reject it and we, we grieve Him and, and, and we, we do various things to keep Him from, from consuming our lives. We want to be in control. 
on the Apostle Paul saying, don't, don't let alcohol influence your life, but let the Holy Spirit influence your life. The Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit enables us to have power. The Bible says in multiple places, I'm going to share a few of you here in just a second, but the Bible says, first of all, we read about John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit and he went about teaching and being a witness for the coming Messiah, Jesus. He was a forerunner. Back before Toyota coined the phrase, he was the forerunner for Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 67, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Acts chapter 4, verse 8, tells us that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he began to preach. This is the same guy who had a hard time even even saying the name Jesus just a few days earlier. He denied Jesus three times, but now he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he has boldness to proclaim the gospel. Luke chapter 2, verse 4, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Acts 13, verse 9 tells us that the Apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke blindness on a false prophet. Wow. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 even says that Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Every time that you you look up the phrase filled with the Holy Spirit and you look at people's lives that were filled with the Holy Spirit, what follows is power and boldness. As a matter of fact, I taught you last week that Jesus didn't even begin His ministry until He was filled with with the Holy Spirit. He was baptized, and then we come up out of the water, the Bible says the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came up on Him. God wants us to be filled and remain filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because as a Spirit-filled believer serves the Lord, there is an expenditure of spiritual power. Therefore, it's necessary to continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we're filled with the Spirit, as I said, boldness and power will follow. I I don't have to ask this question, but all of us want boldness and power to be in our lives. That is a supernatural experience. We can't do that in the natural. There has to be supernatural power working in our lives, which is the Holy Spirit. We have to allow Him to consume us. We have to, allow, we have to become intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Now, let, me, let me show you some things from this passage in Ephesians chapter number 5 that happen. Matter of fact, three things that happen when you stay filled with the Holy Spirit according to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter number 5. Look at verses 18 through 21. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, do what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's one thing that's going to happen. You're going to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and you're going to make music to the Lord in your heart. Number one, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a worshiper. You become a worshiper. Not just any kind of worshiper, but a true worshiper. What in the world is a true worshiper? Well, John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24, Jesus said this, The time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers... What, what, what does that mean by saying true worshipers? That, that tells me that there are, that there are some people who are, who are worshiping, but they're not true worshipers. 
Jesus spells it out. When true worshipers will worship the Father, how are they going to worship Him? In spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. A true worshiper is one who worships God in both spirit and in truth. Which means that true worship involves both a passion for God and a knowledge of God. I want to say that again. True worship involves both a passion for God and a knowledge of God. I ran across this article the other day, and I'm just going to read it to you. I, was, I shared this with the praise team a, a few weeks ago, but I believe it's, it's so fitting for what I'm teaching you this morning. It says this, Unless there is a real passion for God, there is no worship in spirit. At the same time, worship must be in truth. That means it has to be properly informed. Unless we have knowledge of the God we worship, there is no worship in truth. Both are necessary for God-honoring worship. Listen to this. Spirit without truth leads to a shallow, overly emotional experience that could be compared to a high. As soon as the emotion is over and the feeling is gone, so is the worship. Truth without spirit can result in a dry, passionless encounter that can easily lead to a form of joyous legalism. The best combination of both aspects of worship results in a joyous appreciation of God informed by Scripture. The more we know about God, the more we appreciate Him. The more we appreciate Him, the deeper our worship. The deeper our worship, the more God is glorified. Which means this, your emotions, actions, energy, and expressions are all part of your worship. And I know, and I'm not going to get into this debate this morning, but I know... People will say, well, you know, I'm just going to stand here and, and just worship the Lord. According to what I understand, I, I don't believe that's possible. There has to be signs of passion. I'm not saying you've got to be out going, <laughs> and crazy. But there has to be, your expressions ha- have to, have to uh, com- communicate and relay the message of how you're feeling in your heart. There's a passion. Let's say, you can't say that you're passionate about uh, about sports, if you go to the game and just sit there, yeah, that was good. No, no, no. There's a passion. Come on, guys, you can do this. You're cheering. You're rooting them on. When they score, you're celebrating. There has to be passion in our worship. And, and, and it goes with truth because the more you learn about God, the more you begin to appreciate, Keith, what He's done in your life. And you can't help to not be passionate about that. I was thinking this morning when I was sitting through rehearsal and they were singing the song, Overcome. Uh, For every fear, there's an empty grave. I have fears in my life. I'll be honest with you. There's fear that pops up from time to time. And what that song is telling us is, hey, that fear that you're experiencing, there's an empty grave for that. Jesus has overcome. You don't have to be in bondage to that fear. And when I think about that, I can begin to say, wow, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to carry this. There's a passion that comes because I know who God is, spirit and truth. 
And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying there. To, don't be drunk with wine, that's going to ruin your life, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's how. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making a joyful noise, making joyful music in your heart. Someone who's Spirit-filled is a worshiper. A true worshiper. And once again, I'm not talking about just the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because if you're a believer, you have that. But I'm talking about someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when He hears those songs, He's like, "Woo, let it go. <laughs> worship. Worship. Let's keep reading Ephesians chapter 5, going to verse 20. He says this, And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are perpetually grateful. That means you're just always grateful. Grateful for everything because you're being controlled by the Holy Spirit. When you're grateful for everything, it obviously eliminates things like grumbling, pouting, self-pity, bitterness, murmuring, pessimism, depression, worry, discouragement, you name it. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit... You're perpetually grateful. You're just always, you're finding something to be grateful for in everything. You're giving thanks to God always. The Spirit of the Lord is stirring up gratitude and appreciation. And let's be honest. I, I know I said it a while ago that our bodies are still dead. I mean, our, your bodies are dying. One of, the, one of these days, our body's going to die. Your body's dead. It's prone to sin. It wants to be selfish. It wants to sleep in all the time. It wants to... It wants to you know, do what you want to do and, and not so much what the Spirit wants to do. They're, they're at odds. They're enmity against one another. They're, they're enemies. Even Jesus, when He was talking to the disciples that fell asleep when he, was, when he was praying, He said that the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I mean, they're just... You know, the flesh wants to control. But when the Holy Spirit is, is filling your life and consuming you and you're, you're intoxicated... And under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it stirs up gratitude and, and appreciation. Believers who stay filled with the Holy Spirit are perpetually grateful. Keep reading. Last verse, verse number 21, Ephesians 5. And further, he's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, number three, you have a heart to serve others. A heart to serve others. Natural humanity wants to be in charge of people. Wants to control people. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit have a heart to serve. Paul says there that those who are filled with the Spirit, they submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, they follow the example of our Lord and Savior. Look what He did for us. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Jesus said, For even the Son of Man, He was referring to Himself, came not to be served, but to do what? To serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus modeled to us the way He wants us to live. And it's not natural to put other people first. It's not natural to submit to others. That's why we have to be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. It's where He's in control of our lives. He's directing our thoughts and our behaviors. And we're submitting to one another. And by the way, we're not getting into this, but if you keep reading, he talks about 
Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. It's a, it's a mutual bond. Talking about serving. That's what it's all about, to serve one another. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to work in our lives, He will bring forth humble service from those who are devoted to the Lord. And once again, I'm not talking this morning about the indwelling or the infilling of the Holy Spirit that every believer possesses. I'm talking about the ongoing experience of allowing the Holy Spirit to control your thoughts and your actions. Being intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. And these three things that we just talked about are signs that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to control your life. There's also a couple more I can mention. The Bible says in Galatians chapter number 5 that when, you're, when you walk in the Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit is controlling you, there is fruit that is produced. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many would, would say we, we need that working in our lives? Yes. And it's a good indicator when you're not seeing those things in your, in your life, you need to say, Lord, I, I, need a, I need a filling of the Holy Spirit. I need, to, I need to die out to some things to where the Holy Spirit can consume my life. I have to learn to decrease so that He can increase in my life. Yes, He's living there, but, it, but I'm not letting Him control me the way that you want Him to control me. Another thing that happens also in Galatians 5, this one's in verse number 16, is that, that when you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, let me just break that down to you. You won't be given in to the same temptations. You won't be in bondage to addictions. Guys, I'm here to tell you, we need this filling of the Holy Spirit so we're not given in to these things. You want victory over the addictions that have a hold of your life? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you can't do that on your own. It's bigger than you. I know some of you think, well, I'm a man. No, no, no. It's bigger than you. You need an infill, you need the, the filling of the Holy Spirit to be filled continuously full of the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor Scott, I want this. How do I get this in my life? I'm glad you're asking because I'm going to finish with these three things here. Let me give you three things that you can do to be filled with the Holy Spirit and continuously be filled. Number one, empty yourself. Empty yourself. And this involves confessing sin. Confessing sin. Go into the you, you know it's sin. You know you're in the wrong. You know you're doing things that, that God doesn't want you to do. I'm, just, I'm here to tell you, as long as there's sin, that, that's their unconfessed sin, the Holy Spirit is not going to control your life. You have to confess that. You have to empty yourself. Dying to selfishness and self-will. You can't be full of the Spirit if you're full of yourself. That's why you've got to empty yourself. If I had a glass of water up here and I wanted it to be full of, of tea... I, I, I got to get rid of the water. I got to get rid of what's in there. Are, are you following me? You got to empty it. You got to empty yourself so you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, He's inside of you, but now you got to start dying out to yourself. So, so this, liver, this, this uh, river of living waters can begin to flow out. Number two, you have to remove the barriers. God has more steps for for you on your spiritual journey. He has more steps for me on my spiritual journey. I have not arrived, guys. You haven't arrived. He has more steps for us on this spiritual journey. But you're only going to get there to the degree that you're willing to remove things that are in the way. 
And this goes to everything. You want to be, you want to be free from addictions that have you in, in bondage? You, you have to be willing to remove barriers that are standing in the way to, that's keeping you from being free. You want a healing in your marriage? You've got to be willing to remove barriers that are, that are causing problems there. You want rest restitution in your, in your relationship with your kids? You've got to remove barriers. What are those barriers? You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You have to remove barriers that may be keeping you from being filled and staying filled with the Holy Spirit. One of those barriers may be a wrong perception. Maybe a doctrinal hang-up. Well, I'm just not sure about this. I was raised Baptist, or I was raised Methodist, or I was raised Pentecostal. I don't care how you were raised. Get in the Word of God and see what the Bible has to say. Stop, stop using your upbringing as a crutch for why you can't learn something new. What, what does the Word of God say? For some of you, a, a doctrinal hang-up could be a barrier to why you're not experiencing power in your life. Maybe it's lifestyle changes. Maybe it's fear. But if you want to be filled and stay filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got to remove some barriers. Then number three, you've got to drink Him in. Drink Him in. Remember the analogy as being drunk with wine. How do you get drunk with wine? You drink it. You don't just read the label on the back of the bottle and see what it will do if you drink it. You don't just get close to someone who's drunk. You have to drink it in. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and stay filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't just get next to someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't just listen to a teaching on the Holy Spirit. You have to open up your heart and your mind and drink Him in. How do you do that? There's several ways. Make the Word of God priority in your life. Pray. Worship. Make room for God in your life. So many of you, and, and I'm guilty of this from time to time because it's so easy to get busy with just life that we crowd God out of our lives. We take on too much stuff. We're overloaded we, and we're exhausted. We're tired and we don't make the Word of God priority. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, if you can't make the Word of God priority in your life and if you don't have time to pray and you don't have time to worship, you can forget being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not questioning your salvation. That's not the, the issue at hand here. Every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about having power in your life. You have to make the Word of God priority. You have to pray. Our obedience to God's commands allows the Spirit the freedom to work within us. You've got, you got to start reading and, and start applying that to your life. And as you're doing that, you, you, you no longer are focused on what you want in life. You're focused on what the Holy Spirit's will is in your life. And your, your thoughts become, or His thoughts become your thoughts. He starts speaking to you. Convicts you. Brings hope and encouragement. I'm here to tell God, I'm a human being. Yes, I'm a pastor, okay? But I am a human being. I'm not on some level up here that I'm preaching down to you guys and because y'all's the only ones that go through it. I go through these things. And I'm going to just say this. Sometimes my, my devotion to God can be very seasonal. And I know that sounds weird, but what I mean by that is there's some times where I'm just, I'm just not as passionate about praying as I should be. There's some times when I try to read the Word of God and it's like, man, I just, I'm just bored. I don't even want to read today. Just close the book. 
Can you, you know what I'm talking about. But that's the enemy that's trying to crowd out the Lord. He's trying to keep you full of yourselves and full of other things so that you won't be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm here to tell you, if you can press in and set some time, say, I'm, I'm going to read the Word of God for 10 minutes this morning. I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk God. I'm going to worship. I'm going to, I'm going to stop listening. And I don't have anything against country music. don't have anything against pop music or rock music. or Unless it's rap. And that's, anyway. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, you've got to make room to get, to get the Word in somehow. You've got to make room to worship somehow. That 10-minute drive that you're going to work, why, why don't you turn it off the talk show for just a little while? Why don't you turn off the, 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 the sports channel talk show? Why don't you turn off the country and just put on some good worship music and just see how it affects your day. Make room for God so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray over us this morning and then we're going we're to spend the next 10 minutes. I, I'm going to ask the praise team to come back up and we're going to spend the next 10 minutes just, just finding a place to try to practice these three things. Emptying ourselves, removing the barriers, and drinking in the Spirit of God. So that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And do the works that God has called us to do. I want you to bow your heads this morning and I want to pray. Father, I just thank You so much for this, this time that You have spoken into our lives. I thank You, Lord, for for the Word of God that, that changes us, Lord, that brings life, that brings hope, that brings freedom. Lord, we sang about, in the third song this morning, God, we sang about how You rose from the dead and, and overcame death, hell, and the grave. And Lord, I know we sing that, but I think many times, Lord, we forget what that means. That means that you're not dead today. That you're alive. And that there is nothing that's too big for you. And God, many of us this morning, God, we need freedom from the bondages that we're in. God, we need to be set free. We need, an, we need to be filled. We need an overflowing of the Holy Spirit so that we can operate in boldness and confidence and victory in our lives. God, so that, so that there can be healing in our lives. So that You can minister to us. So that You can make us witnesses to our friends and, and this community and this world. So God, I ask that in these next moments, Lord, that we would not be focused upon leaving. We would not be worried about what we're going to do next week, God. But that we could just spend some time worshiping You and drinking in the Spirit of God this morning. God, my prayer this today is that we would empty ourselves of, of what we may be full of. That that has nothing to do with You. That we would empty ourselves, God, from, from, from sins, Lord, that maybe we're caught up in, that we'd confess those sins and just become empty today, that we'd begin to remove barriers, that You would show us things that are hindrances in our life. And that we would just drink in Your Spirit today, Father Lord, so that we can be full of the Spirit of God and experience lives of freedom. I thank You for that, and we give You praise today. Let Your Holy Spirit do His work in Jesus' name. Amen.